This is Application Paranoia, Season 2, Episode 4. So welcome again to Application Paranoia, our podcast dedicated to application security, DevOps, and AppScan. I'm Colin Bell, and in this week's episode, we're very excited to be talking to Vandana Verma, who is the Vice Chairman of the OWASP Global Board of Directors. So lots to talk about there. I also have with me on my panel my cultured colleagues, Rob Cuddy and Chris Dewar. <laughs> so hi, Rob. What's been happening in your world? How cultured are you feeling? You know, uh, culture, interesting, right? I'm actually going to be uh, talking to a class at a university in another couple of weeks about organizational culture. So it's funny that you mentioned that. But no, speaking of culture, right, and, uh, and, and taking it to an extreme, it's been really exciting in this neck of the woods because of the Mars rover stuff and the fact that JPL oh, is yeah. uh, in Pasadena. And so one of the things that's been really uh, bubbling up, and I happen to have the good fortune of having a friend of mine who's worked there for about 20 years, it, all of the Easter eggs that are part of the uh, the Perseverance rover. And I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, there was a video that came out on the surface and at the very last uh, bit of it, they'd panned over just enough where you could see one of the fins on the rover and it had the word curiosity on it, which was a previous <laughs> rover that had been there and and uh, little things like that. And then apparently, Chris, I think you'll appreciate this. They released a video of the parachute from, from the rover's perspective as it looks up and apparently there is a hidden message in binary code in the parachute. Wow. That's probably the source code for flight simulator or something like that. <laughs> um, and the, the, as far as I can tell, it's a, it's a quote that says dare mighty things, but the way it's laid out in, uh, in, the, in the parachute is, you know, these odd red and white patterns and bars and stuff. So I just thought that was kind of cool that, you know, in the midst of, Hey, we're trying to, you know, get to another planet and discover all these things. Hey, let's put some Easter eggs in, you know, let's see what people can find out. So that's excellent. That's excellent. And Chris, how, how's it going in um, your neck of the woods? Are you, are you still getting snow? Yeah, it just, it won't stop. It's just a little bit here and a little bit there making a nice sheet of ice in places. It's, it's, it's spring here. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally, it's, what is it today? It's about 13 degrees here. It's sunny. It just feels lovely. The daffodils are starting to come up. <laughs> 13 degrees is cold for us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, that, no it's, it's warm. <laughs> it's warm for us. I'm guessing what, low 70s? I, I even, yeah. during the week, cut my grass for the first time this year. So there you go. Oh, that's the only benefit <laughs> of snow is no, no need to do that nonsense. Yes. <laughs> nice. Do you, do you have a push mower, Colin, or a ride-on? Something in between. So I have a I have a mower that sort of um, has gears, so it it, can, it sort of pulls you along, self-propelled. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I, I I got enough land that I need to ride on, but I wouldn't get through certain areas, so it's just hmm. easier. So it takes me about an hour and a half to do it. It's, wow. it's a bit of a workout. Wow, it's uh, like a fifteen k run. <laughs> it's, it's very close to it. <laughs> very close. To it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm closing in on having, what am I at? I'm at 336 days in a row. So I'm getting close to 365. Yeah. 
I'll have to have a big celebration when I get there, you know? What are you going to do when you get to 365? Walk? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to buy a bicycle. Like, I'm done running. I've done it. I I did it, everybody. (laughs) He's going to be the Irish version of Forrest Gump, and it's just going to stop in the middle of nowhere and be like, I'm done. done. (laughs) We're done here. (laughs) I I guess you move on to 500 days of running. (laughs) 4,000 days ago, I didn't walk once. (laughs) Not once. (laughs) Yes, but stay tuned, listeners. We'll celebrate Colin's one year of running in a future episode. (laughs) Well, hey, friends. Really excited to have with us as our guest this week, Vandana Verma. Vandana is a security solutions architect at IBM India, and she's also the vice chairman of the OWASP Global Board of Directors. Um, Vandana leads lots of diversity in initiatives like InfoSec Girls, initiatives for women. She's also the founder of InfoSec Kids, so she has a great passion for info security. She's got experience ranging from application security to infrastructure, now dealing with product security, and also works in various communities towards diversity initiatives like InfoSec Girls and WOSEC. And she's been a keynote speaker, speaker and trainer at various public events, including many global OWASP access events and Black Hat events. Um, to a bunch of regional events like B-Sides in India. Um, She's currently a member of the Black Hat Asia Review Board, as well as multiple other conferences, including Grace Hopper India, OWASP Accept USA, and many others. And she's also one of the organizers of B-Sides in Delhi. Um, She's been the recipient of numerous prestigious awards like the Cybersecurity Woman of the Year Award in 2020 by CyberSec Awards, um, and Applications Include Security Influencer 2020 by WhiteSource, and a Global Cybersecurity Influencer among IFSEC's Global Top Influencers in Security and Fire category for 2019. Um, We're really, really excited to have her with us. She's a great leader in the field of technology, and um, we're lucky to have you with us today, Vandana. So, Vandana, tell us a little bit about how things are going for you. We know that 2020 was a really challenging year, um, and especially for OWASP. So how are you doing, and and how are things going for OWASP these days? So if I say, uh, put it in a positive way, things are good, but not so good. We're coping up with it. We've learned that... Uh, there are things which might not go as planned. We have forecasted a budget. Uh, if um, if I have to say that what was my role past year, like in 2020, I was a treasurer. So I had to manage the whole budget. <laughs> and oh, wow. it just came crashing down. There is one thing that uh, grew with us in the past is that whatever happens, if we all are working together, strategizing the things, things will grow for the positive. So we did cut down on a few of the things. Uh, like we did not uh, have any in-person meets. We went online and we supported it big time. And one good thing which happened with that is that a lot of global chapters started collaborating with each other. We did have a, a, a one-day conference which never has happened uh, in OWASP history, which was OWASP chapters all day, which was free for anyone. Like it was running for 24 hours. Uh, mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, multiple chapters joining us. So I would say there were over uh, uh, 40 chapters which actually joined us for the, those 24 hours. And the best part about that was that there were some regional ch- uh, chapters, regional talks mm-hmm. that were going on. And we were very supportive of that because the only objective was to collaborate, bring all of the chapters together. 
no right. no chapter should feel left out and then when we talk about the conferences because that's one big aspect of oas that where people meet people get to know each other so right. all the conferences went online the trainings happened online we were thinking that people might not join but on the contrary people um, started accepting the fact that this is going to be the new normal for us hmm. uh, so we started getting registrations and based on the, those things we also opened up the doors for students the people who cannot afford the trainings so right. we uh, we started with a scholarship program and at the same time we did uh, make sure that at every global appsec conference that we have even though it's online we still have one free training at that conference so wow. we did that as well which is great that's a great way to get people um connected in i remember the the 24 hour event and just all of the energy around it because it's interesting so many of the owas groups that i know are going through meetups and and things like that and they tend to be local so it was really nice to actually see them all kind of come together um did you find that that opened up more opportunities for folks to contribute and be able to connect with with owas and and uh, were there any kind of broader topics and themes that came out of that i would say that yeah people did uh, started getting to know more about owas more about different meetups different groups different perspective different topics if i talk about myself i got an opportunity to speak at um, a meetup in canada i spoke up um, i spoke at uh, a meetup in london and then there were few other locations so that was an opportunity for me uh, to be part of the other regions other geographies other um, continents similarly for the speakers i hosted lot of speakers at uh, meetup in bangalore like there was mm. one last month and now this month there's a, a speaker from israel who will be speaking at the bangalore meet so that opened up the avenues and uh, one great thing that i realized that the learning opportunities increased people started contributing more and then um, i think the contribution uh, increased many folds people started to getting to know about the projects like we had uh, we had so many amazing projects like if you go to ovas.org and projects uh, there mm -hmm. are some flagship projects but there are not so known projects which are equally uh, amazing equally helpful for any appsec community so people started to getting to know about them and started yeah. contributing towards them and even students oh that's awesome yeah one of the one of the curious things i always wanted to know is with all these different geographies with all these different groups they can't all be saying the same things they can't all be interested in the same thing so i'm curious what kind of weird stuff do they say you know say in london versus bangalore they're like we should care about this and and in bangalore they're like huh good idea or vice versa with every uh, i think region there were some mean topics like some people want to go deep dive into some topic which is around devsecops like how uh, a particular tool works how a particular uh, project might help or uh, a technology might help let's say if i want to run uh, a pipeline or set up a pipeline what are the things that i might be using at the same time uh, there's a concept called zero trust which people are talking about now so uh, some people were very mean in asking like how do you fit zero trust in an organization but keeping appsec in mind so uh, identity and access management also became very key like i have never seen people speaking about hmm. identity and access management like it's been there yeah. since inception at an um, appsec yeah. place you're like yeah this other thing which is important <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy 
So with um, you mentioned that you're, you you changed the way you're working in 2020. As we move into 2021 and and maybe beyond, what what are some of the challenges to sort of transition back to being face to face meetings and things like that? Or, I mean, is it is it difficult to say, well, we're going to have an event in October, or, or you know, are you going to stay virtual for the year? Yeah, and how are you going to learn how to people again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did uh, have taken a call as a board that we will not have any in-person meetup, meet uh, a conference, I should say, a, a global event uh, for this year. We don't want anyone to be in any kind of trouble. We want to be uh, there for the community and we want to make sure that the people who are part of the global events or the events, they're safe and sound. So we decided as a joint, uh, as jointly that we will not have any in-person event this year, which is a global one. But then there will be regional events, which will happen like uh, they might happen in New Zealand. They might happen in Australia with the regions which are quite safer than the other ones. So we, we, we are not saying no to them, but then those events are not global events. Yeah, they're more like chapter events. <laughs> yeah. Strongs, maybe. Right. We tell people about them afterwards so everyone doesn't flock yeah. there. <laughs> Only three people know. <laughs> exactly. No, I think it's I think it's outstanding though, um, just seeing all of that coming together. And I know one of the things that that you personally did this year uh, related to just having to go virtual was the spotlight series, which I thought was awesome. Um, and you talked a lot about, you know, some really hot topics and things in application security that people don't necessarily always think about, like dependency checking and where controls and, and just building maturity. So um, just out of that, that series, I'm curious, you know, I think there were 10 or 11 episodes, if I remember right. What were some of the big things that you really wanted people to, to understand out of that? Uh, how it all started was that I wanted to, as a board, I have a responsibility and I came on the board as a vision. Like if people nominated me, I had a vision uh, or they did not nominate me as like a, a person. So here, um, what I realized that I have to do something about projects as well. We have some amazing projects uh, which needs spotlight, which they've never received it or the kind of due credit they should be getting. So that's how it started. And I created a, a, a presentation. It was just for the project leaders and the chapter leaders and for the community, which was running an AppSec program with open source OWASP tools. That's how it all started. I shared it with the, all the leaders list. And they started liking it. Like they said, this is something which is very interesting. This project can go up, this project can go down in the project pipeline, like different phases. Like you mm -hmm. mentioned about SCA, which is a software composition analysis tool called dependency check. Now, all these tools are here. This presentation has been given at DEF CON. Like I submitted at DEF CON AppSec Village and it got accepted. So I gave yep. a talk there and a few other places. Now, how about knowing the project itself? and using it. So I started with one project called Dependency Check, which I really love. And uh, it then thought, why not create something for each project that I have? I have reached 11 projects. Hopefully we'll have more of these projects, which are just 15 minutes session, information about the tool. And there's no um, 
theory it's all the actual practical knowledge about that product that what exactly that is how an organization can pick up that open open source project and start using it be it web web security testing guide be it asvs be it um, ovas net tacker dependency check or anything that i have done or even for that matter sam which is a maturity model how do you use that in the whole uh, organization devsecops model where you want to assess the maturity of the whole organization or the tools that you have or the pipeline that you have set up and and for those who are listening and want to check out the spotlight series i believe you have an entire channel on youtube dedicated to this so if they just look for your name uh they'll be able to come up and find the spotlight series there right yeah and you can read video instead of book <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. Which is way easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big picture. So you're also, the, the, the other thing that I, I think will be of great interest to everyone, you're, you're also a leader in diversity movement and you have a thing called InfoSec Girls, which I, I'm intrigued to learn a little bit more about. What, what is that about and, and what, what, are you, what sort of things are you doing to get women more involved in InfoSec? Because I kind of agree that it, 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 we need a lot more diversity when it comes to application security and, and security in general. So we, when we talk about InfoSec Girls, it was the idea where we wanted to have uh, more women to be part of the meetup groups that we had. Like that's mm -hmm. how it all started. But then over the years, that idea actually took a different turn wherein we thought, why not have meetups, um, like our own meetups. So we started hosting mm -hmm. our meetups where a few people came. We were not sure that for how long it will run, but then we came up with our YouTube channel. And when we came up with the YouTube channel, we started seeing traction, like uh, work, mothers like me. I had a, uh, a small kid who was just a year old, giving a session on the Saturday evening, wherein I just have to be on a laptop was very easy or uh, very nice than just going at some place on a Saturday morning, spending two hours or um, might be spending some time in traveling. So the idea kicked off. Uh, that mm. really motivated us. And we thought now when we are doing that, why not start chapters at different uh, cities? We might have we might have few people, but then at least we'll have spokes there, like uh, some people managing there. If somebody wants to connect with the local leaders, they will be they will have some in-person touch. So we started with Pune, like we started with Bangalore, then Pune, Mumbai, Delhi, and few other places. Now we have chapters uh, over at over 15 locations. The chapters are one thing, but we thought, okay, this is all good. But how about students who think about students? So we started going to colleges. So that's how the college journey started, wherein we should educate, uh, we should give uh, cyber security knowledge, not just application security, not just network security, but in general cyber security. What are the domains that existed? So we started going to colleges. Now colleges come to us. That's uh, on the contrary. Uh, hmm. So that started happening. And uh, we've trained over 5,000 students and people around the world. Then we started reaching out to conferences. And I forced OWASP to have one free training at each conference. And it started with OWASP Global AppSec, um, San Francisco, San Jose, which was called AppSec USA at that time. So that was a free training that happened first time there. Then at Israel, uh, at different other countries, we gave it in Egypt uh, online and then um, 
with St. Cloud University, Minnesota and South Africa. Uh, and it just grew. And yesterday itself, we, uh, we launched another program for mentoring where over 50 people have already registered uh, to be a mentor or a mentee. Oh, that's uh, it's impressive. One of the it's biggest a... problems we have just hiring um, new developers here for us, and we build an AppSec tool. Nobody's ever taught any actual security when they go to college. It's all, I know how to write code, woohoo! And it's just wildly bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is important work. Yeah, that's what, awesome. what, what about InfoSec Kids? So, what's the angle on that, and, and what sort of age groups are you aiming that at? So with InfoSec Kids, uh, the idea came up in 2019 and uh, it was just there in my head. Um, was not sure because when it comes to kids, you have to be very sensitive with the content, with the things that you are doing. So in 2020, uh, January, I registered the domain. I was like, I'm not sure how far it will go, but uh, we gave it, uh, we are going to give it a try. And it all started, we started with uh, smaller, smaller sessions and uh, the age group we targeted was from five years till 13 years, because after that, <laughs> there are a lot of groups around and then InfoSec Girls is there, which is catering to students and diversity. So we thought like, because that's the age group, which is very sensitive. And I, I being a mother, I can understand the constraints that what uh, parents face. It's not just for the kids, but parents face. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't know how to react to a situation and we need to uh, act uh, on or like being proactive for a certain situation. Uh, we don't know what our kids are watching, what they're doing on the internet, which is good. Uh, and uh, surveillance is good, but not good, if I think, uh, if I put it this way. So how to make sure that parents know what are the things that they can do. And similarly for kids, what, uh, how they feel that, yes, this is something which I, uh, I, it might put me into a trouble. And if they get into a trouble, whom they can tell because it's very important to share these things with the parents. I've seen kids getting in trouble and doing some not so good things. So uh, being there for the kids is equally important if something happens. So mm -hmm. we started with that idea and uh, uh, we had we have few videos on the YouTube channel. Like it's not so big right now, but we are taking baby steps with that. Uh, but we are doing 100 days of InfoSec wherein we are reaching out to leaders across the industry, across the different geographies and taking a simple quote from them, simple snippet from them, and or a piece of advice from them, and giving it to the parents, to the kids, and uh, to to all the audience that we have. And we are a different platform so that everybody gets to know, like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, so that people know, yes, that uh, even if they are not in one channel, they can take a look at the information at the other channel. Yeah, and that's really, really important work that you're doing there. Um, I know you mentioned <laughs> you, you have a young son. I, I have two older kids, um, one in university and the other one is finishing up high school. But I also work with uh, junior high students, right? So seventh and eighth grade, 13, 14 year olds. And the amount of things that they can be exposed to and the things that they can run into um, and parents, yeah, are very concerned and confused in a lot of places on to what, what can I do? How do I protect my child? How do I know what they're doing without invading privacy? And the, the lines are blurred. So um, it is really encouraging to, to hear that, you know, you're working in that space and providing resources for parents to, to turn to. So yeah, that's outstanding. 
So what would you say, I'm curious, because I, I work with a little bit of universities as well, and Chris is actually, um, we're partnering on a project right now with the university. And you know, so one of the things I wonder about, right, are, are really, what do you think we need to be doing to help students be better equipped when they come out, right? So there's schools that are building master's programs now and trying to, to do cyber initiatives. Um, but there still doesn't seem to be a lot of emphasis on secure coding, secure coding practices, AppSec, all of these different things. So um, just from your experience, what, do you, what have you seen as some of the bigger barriers for students and what can we do to help lower them? You know, so when they come out, they're, they're better equipped to hit the marketplace. Uh, there is one thing that I have experienced, like that's totally from my personal experience and with the colleges, with the students that I have interacted with, that we start teaching them coding. We start teaching them secure coding. We start talking about application security. We start talking about how to hack an application. And then comes a point, okay, these are the things that you should be doing to safeguard it. But how about the initial education about cybersecurity? Like what it is? Because we have devices at home. We have a smart TV. We have uh, phones. We have uh, automated uh, washing machines and whatnot we have at home. How about understanding that uh, the security, cybersecurity starts at home, educating mm -hmm. them about it. When they understand what are the things that are going around it, I am sure when they start working on a code, they'll understand that there's something might go wrong with my application as well because it's built by me. So that secure coding a mindset would automatically come and they will find a way that how can I code securely if I write a certain snippet uh, where exactly things might go wrong. Because I know I have done the code review in the past uh, wherein I have to do manual code reviews. And it was so much time consuming. And even for automated, like it was just so not so good for me. Uh, so I feel if I, I would have known that, yes, cybersecurity is this and this is how I should have started. Uh, probably, I think I would have been more inclined towards in, in the initial uh, days of my career, I would say around the cybersecurity, mm. around the application security or any other field. And now if IoT is coming up, now AI ML is coming up with cybersecurity, so many things which right. are going on. Well, well, that and data privacy, right? Yeah, and people data wondering privacy. how all of that's gonna go. And we, we did a workshop last year at a university mm -hmm. where we invited every major to come in and it was fascinating to see the perspectives and, and sort of the light bulb going off for people as they realized, hey, th this impacts me. And they don't necessarily think they're in cyber, but because of everyone has a device, right? <laughs> that we have to okay. think about it. And yeah. yeah. It's more than just setting the lock screen on your phone or changing the default <laughs> passwords, people. <laughs> so much more to it. Oh, that's a great place to start. <laughs> yeah. 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 Better than not doing it. Right yeah. <laughs> so uh, on a slightly different tangent, but very related to OWASP, uh, the OWASP top 10, what I would consider in large part anyway, you know, the mini version of the Bible of what you should be looking out for. Um, what can we what can we expect the new King James version of OS Top 10, the latest or newest release, <laughs> if you will. Okay. I don't know what else it would be called. Uh, I'm positive it's going to come this year for sure because the data uh, analysis is going on. So probably oh, this year it should come out soon and there will be a lot of shufflings here and there. And I really want to give a disclaimer here that there are companies who are saying that this is the proposed OWASP top 10. Please do not look at that. That is not the 
uh, OWASP top 10. And trust me, people have shared with me also. And I was like, do I really know about that? <laughs> we so, haven't read it yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it is going to come positively this year because the team started the work last year, but then they could not get the the amount of data that they wanted to an analyze it because nobody wants to be biased when it comes to OWASP top 10. So right. probably it will be um, released, I would say, by the end of the year. That's the hope that we have and hope that uh, the data gets collated and all the analysis that the kind of uh, machine learning and AI that we want to do with it. Probably there is one thing that I also want to add. If you take uh, OWASP top 10 as like the thing to follow, please do make sure to look at OWASP ASVS as well. Because if you talk about the pointers that you should be checking at, uh, checking in any of the applications, uh, ASVS is the way to go. OWASP top 10 has uh, so many CVEs where people tend to miss out on. It states mm -hmm. clearly, but people don't tend to look at that portion. And at the same time, uh, PCI also lists it. But um, I think when it comes to payment card industries, there are so many more angles to it. Right. Yeah, and that lends itself to uh, another side of it, which is, you know, the OWASP top 10 for this industry or that technology isn't necessarily the same as for another. I mean, we have a generic OWASP top 10, then we have a mobile OWASP top 10. Uh, so just out of curiosity, um, something that's been kind of big in recent years, the, the push towards containers, microservices, internet uh, infrastructure as code, et cetera. Are we looking to add a, a list there for, you know, our Kubernetes Docker worlds? Because that stuff is, oh my God. Goodness, is it is it hackable? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And I think um, on that same lines, that's why API top ten project has came up, and mm -hmm. they are refining it big time so that people understand there is a top ten, but then there is specifically section for APIs because APIs it's a whole new area uh, that people should look at. And uh, when it comes to top ten, um, it's a big area to um, address and uh, organizations still uh, are not very comfortable in fixing all the bugs that uh, which are there in APIs and um, don't have insight on the concerns behind uh, APIs. Like what could go wrong with an API? They're just using it because it's something fancy. It's something which gives the work easily, which is good. In a way, it's good. Because the organization, like start startups are coming up with APIs and whatnot is happening, but the security has to be there. Yeah, it's the old pass the buck security. It's just a pass through. Why don't do anything with the data? Well, you do. <laughs> so it's you're yeah. responsible to manage your part of it. Every microservice should be able to do that, in my opinion. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, so we, we also have, uh, you just mentioned the, the top 10 list for API vulnerabilities. Um, so we've got now three lists, I see. Um, but something I want to make sure that gets across is these lists aren't the end-all, be-all. They're just they're a fantastic guide to starting eating the elephant, but you still have to eat the elephant. So they give you a great place to start. <laughs> yeah. And, and you just mentioned that uh, software is actually eating the whole internet. So why not secure it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. <laughs> Oh, we've only been preaching that for about, I don't know, 15, uh, 17 years now. <laughs> Why is cross-site scripting still a thing? <laughs> there it is. Why? That's never getting off the top 10, I guarantee. <laughs> we'll be talking about it 25 years from now. 
You should know that Chris asks every guest that question. <laughs> no, I do. Why is it still a thing? <laughs> yeah. just, oh. yep. It is. It's a great question. <laughs> just on the, on the topic, and it's sort of me moving away, I guess, a little bit from my wasp top 10. What, what do you think the biggest cyber risks facing organizations are today? Um, you know, and obviously that's it's 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 opinion based, but but um, do you do you see any sort of trends that are happening in that that sort of space? There are different trends that I can see with uh, different organizations. I have seen the biggest companies also going down. So when it comes to that, chaos engineering is something which people have started talking about. Like you are doing DevOps, you are doing DevSecOps. Mm -hmm. But how about doing chaos engineering at the same time? And the companies, uh, I know that there are a few comp multimedia companies, they started doing it and they, they've set up their own products internally to do all of this. But I think it's equally important for other organizations to do chaos engineering. When we say that, yes, we want to preach about DevOps, we want to preach about DevSecOps. So all these testings are very important. And the other trend that I saw, uh, the organizations like banks, they were not planning to move to the cloud and they had to move their whole infra, all the apps to the cloud uh, because they did not have a choice. Now, when they moved to the cloud, it opened up a whole, I would say, a can of worms for the, for the attackers, for the people who are not so good. The vulnerability started creeping in and that's when we saw some breaches. And another trend that I'm seeing is data privacy which is people are starting to getting to know uh, more about it, that yes, this is something which I want. This is something which is important, especially if I talk about the WhatsApp, the Signal thing. Like signal I've thing, been yeah. on Signal for past few years and it was very silent. I had few people with whom I used to communicate and suddenly, oh God, it's going down. What's happening? Everybody's moving away from uh, WhatsApp and they're saying that now we want to move to Signal. So people are getting aware, but then they don't understand the whole aspect of it. And for organizations, I think they need to be more educative about the privacy policies they have. And that's when uh, we cannot just say that these are the only companies who are going to take care of privacy, but then we are dealing with anything and everything. And it's time to have a little bit of upfront honesty from these people, not hiding it in the back end of your user agreement. Yeah, buried on page five. Yeah, let's be good it. stewards of people, please. Yes. <laughs> Since they're your product now. <laughs> so, Vandana, I'm curious, like, when I've heard chaos engineering before, I usually think of, you know, Netflix and the chaos monkey and, and some of the those kinds of things. And it's almost always tied to production outages and, and things like downtime and, and runtime and stuff like that. I haven't heard of it applied that much to security. So just, uh, you know, just on, on the surface here, when you say chaos engineering and talking about it in the security space, are you, are you talking about simulated breaches and how people respond and those kinds of things or? In a way, yes. Because um, if I talk about IBM, like what I've seen at IBM, um, mm -hmm. I am just an individual. Just a disclaimer, but uh, what I have seen, and even many other organizations, they do the stimulations. They actually have uh, a proper um, uh, zone where they stimulate the attacks. Like if something happens, how they're going to respond to it. That area is something which is very important, which organizations should start doing it. Sometimes things happen when they are least expected. 
So mm-hmm. attacks happen when you feel that I am the most secure organization. We've seen the tops, top organizations have also got breached or the data got leaked. You never know what can happen. And similarly, mm-hmm. I've seen the high profile, the, the user accounts got compromised, right? Right. So the top user accounts got compromised and then Bitcoin was used. Now, if that can happen, think about what else can happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And, and I mean, it's, it's a great way to find out whether or not your disaster recovery plans actually work and whether yeah. you can come back up. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's very cool. I just, I hadn't heard it applied in a security context, but it makes total sense. So I think the, the, the last thing that, that I would want to ask about, because we talked about the AppSec trends and, and all of the different things, what do you think we need to be doing in the AppSec space to be able to kind of push things forward, um, help folks, you know, as, as vendors, as a community, where do you need to think application security needs to go next? My perspective around application security is like, uh, people talk about application security, product security, DevSecOps, it's all one and the same thing. It's different mm-hmm. things, but it's one and the same thing. What we can do is we can share our experiences. There are organizations, they are sharing their journey. And uh, and it goes for vendors also. Because people would trust more on the vendors which have um, stories to tell, which are actually sharing their own experiences. That gives them a human touch that, yes, this is something which if they have experienced, I am experiencing and I think they can help me. Mm-hmm. And similarly, once we start sharing all those stories, I think we will start helping the community in a way, be it a vendor, be it an open source community, be it anyone. I think the more you learn how many different ways people can get into your stuff, the better it is. Everybody wins in that. I mean, one person loses, but everybody wins in that regard. Yeah, we gave huge kudos um, on our one of our previous um, podcasts around solar winds, and not 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 you know we talked about the hack with all the wins, but just the mere fact that they came forward and outlined what had happened and, and we could all, right. all learn from that. And I think you're, you're spot on there with that analogy. Yeah, no, and, and we have to, right? Because this, these problems are bigger than any one organization and, you know, none of us are going to figure it out on our own in a vacuum. So I, I love the idea of, of enabling a way for people to share, hey, th- this is what happened to us and here's what we did about it and here's what worked and here's what didn't and, and all of those things. Um, I, I know IBM has started a project with the city of Los Angeles and a few other places around just that kind of thing. And so we're really hopeful to see more of, of those kind of collaborative efforts where, where folks can get together and it's shared knowledge and they're less worried about, you know, competitive intel and that kind of thing and more worried about solving the problem. Um, well, that's awesome. No, it's, I'm so enjoyed talking to you. I know we could do this for hours, but uh, we, we just love hearing it. So um, as in terms of just how people can support the work that you're doing with InfoSec Girls, and I know we're, we're three guys here, so it's a little bit, but what can we do that, that help, um, you know, InfoSec Girls and the things that you're doing around DNI and and all of that kind of stuff? How can people support you? Um, so please join hands. Uh, if you feel that there is something that we can improve, please do let us know. We'll make sure we'll add that as part of it. Um, uh, there are always, you say that as many has, hands are good, so we need allies. And uh, when we have allies, I think that's when we grow together. So probably you can support us in spread, spreading the word that there are people who are in need of 
uh, trainings who are in need of information. We're there to help. We have YouTube channel. We have different avenues. We are hosting meets every other week. So probably we can help them. And uh, we also have a job board wherein uh, we're going to be starting it this week because we, we were getting it over emails. We thought, why not start a job board on the website itself? So probably we can help with people with the internships, people in getting the job and you spreading the word for InfoSec girls or InfoSec kids so that uh, the people, the, the gap which is there in cybersecurity, if we all can fill in together, I think that's the most amazing thing that can happen. That's a win for everybody. <laughs> Companies, people, everybody. <laughs> Do we access that information through OWASP or is, is there a separate um, URL? Uh, for InfoSec Girls, yes, there is a website which is called infosecgirls.in. And for uh, like, you can also check out all the sessions at InfoSec Girls YouTube channel. There is a YouTube channel. You just have to look at that. There are over uh, 1,300 uh, subscribers. So even for InfoSec Kids, there is a YouTube channel. Um, website is coming up. I need to work on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it'll come up soon. Yeah, it's coming along great, though. And it's InfoSec Girls is one word. So infosecgirls.in. And um, yeah, and look for Vendana at a conference near you. She <laughs> speaks frequently. So we're excited about that. Which means um, you're also in the conference. Woo yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Very, really very cool. <laughs> Yes. Um, awesome. Well, we have so, so enjoyed talking with you. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking time with us today, Vendana. Best to you. And, and we look forward to continuing to see the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Means a lot. It was a pleasure talking with you all. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, it's our Thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Um, so that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, in our next episode, we'll be drilling into all the exciting improvements in AppScan 10.0.4, which was released very recently, and a bunch of other application security topics. So I'm sure, Chris, we'll have lots to talk about in our next episode. Lots of exciting things. Big changes. <laughs> big changes. But, but, big heads. <laughs> big, big, big changes for big heads for whatever else. Yes. We're promising change and we're but actually done on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as always, thanks for joining us. Um, and thanks, Rob. And thanks, Chris. Thanks. Pleasure being here. Woohoo.